Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the ball pit. Of course, I am your host, Ben Deal. Today, I have a great episode for you guys. We're going to go over the divisional round of the NFL playoffs that just happened this past weekend. And we're going to be looking at every single game, going into a breakdown of the best performers of each game. And then we're also going to talk about what we learned from the divisional round. That's all coming up on the ball pit. Let's dive in. All right, starting off with the Jaguars and the Chiefs. The Jaguars keep it competitive with the Chiefs, but they eventually lose 27 to 20. Mahomes was out for a little bit with a high ankle sprain, comes back and finishes the game. We're not quite sure how that's going to affect his game next week in the AFC Championship game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he's currently listed as questionable. Certainly something to keep your eyes on, but as for how he performed last week with that injury seems like he should be all good to go for that game Travis Kelsey had 14 receptions for 98 yards and two touchdowns Isaiah Pacheco 12 carries for 95 yards he's a person that I want to talk about a little bit because he has surprised me so much throughout the season he's a late round rookie and he has really stepped up into the starting running back role with Clyde Edwards Elaire kind of being a little hit or miss sometimes, especially last year. And then this year he's been dealing with some injuries. Isaiah Pacheco has really stepped up, really proven that he is a solid running back. And I think he's going to develop really well and he's going to turn into a top running back in the NFL. Speaking of young running backs, Travis Etienne had 10 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown as well. Another really solid, really young running back that's going to be really good. And this Jaguars team, I am so high on them. They are so talented. They are really young. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, basically the whole defense too. A really young squad who has already proven that they're good enough to make the playoffs, obviously, and even win a playoff game. I think they're going to do really good next year. And I think for a couple years down the road, they're going to be a solid team. We'll talk about that a little more later. Now, we also have to talk about the Giants and the Eagles. Now, I know I got <laughs> a little bit of discredit to my name for my Vikings-Giants predictions, having the Giants get absolutely blown out. This is the kind of game that I expected to see in the first round of the playoffs for the New York Giants. Now, they totally proved me wrong, and I give them credit. They had a phenomenal game against Minnesota. But they just didn't show up like they did against Minnesota, against Philadelphia. They got swept three times, just like the Seahawks got swept three times from the San Francisco 49ers. They just proved that, you know, while they're good, they're just not a solid top team. But we got to talk about the Eagles and their performance. Jalen Hurts having three total touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell. 12 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. Find me someone who expected Kenneth Gainwell to have over 100 rushing yards against the Giants. I don't think anybody expected that out of that man. And all credit to him. He had a phenomenal game. And he looked like a top running back. I mean, super happy for that guy. He did incredible. But I did not expect that for sure. Daniel Jones was 15 for 27 with 135 yards and an interception. And the thing that aggravates me the most, Saquon Barkley, 
nine carries for 61 yards. I talked about it last week. They need to get him more involved in the rushing game. He hasn't been lately, and he needs to be more involved. He had nine carries last week against Minnesota. He had nine carries again this week. And it just proves that he wasn't successful. He's averaging 6.8 yards per carry. Well, that game, he was averaging 6.8 yards per carry against the Eagles. So why not give him the ball more? Like you see, Kenneth Gainwell had 12 carries. And he's not even a starting running back. And he had 12 carries. Saquon Barkley is a top running back. Actually was offered an extension. I think that it was $12 million per year. I just read that a couple minutes ago. But deal fell through or or they couldn't decide on a compromise or something like that. I'm not sure. But he did get a solid offer. And as far as I know, he just didn't take it. And I can kind of see why now. He's not getting the reps that he should in this Giants offense. Nine carries isn't enough for a running back as talented as Saquon Barkley. He should be the heartbeat of that offense, in my opinion. So, I mean, that's the Giants that I expected to see in the playoffs. 38-7 to was your final. Philadelphia absolutely trounced them. The Bengals absolutely shut down Josh Allen and the Bills offense. They win 27-10. to Joe Burrow was 23 for 36 passing with 242 yards and two touchdowns. And see, here's a stat line that I like to see. Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 105 yards and a touchdown. 20 carries is pretty overkill. Now, they were rushing a lot towards the second half because the game was already wrapped up. They were continuously stopping Buffalo on defense. They just started to feed Joe Mixon the ball. It makes sense why he got 20 carries. But still, that's the kind of production I expect to see from Saquon Barkley. And that just hasn't happened yet. I feel for the man, but he can't call the shots, unfortunately. Josh Allen was 25 for 42 with 265 passing yards and an interception. He also had 26 rushing yards and the lone Bills touchdown of the game. Again, just so disappointing from the Bills offense and the Bills defense. They've looked very disappointing in both playoff games that we've seen them this year against the Dolphins. The defense couldn't stop a seventh round rookie quarterback. And now the defense, again, can't stop. Now, the Bengals do have arguably the best offense in the league, so I got to cut the defense a little slack here. But the offense just couldn't get it going this game. And for as talented as the Bills are and for the expectations that were put on the Bills at the beginning of this season, it's a very unfortunate and lackluster ending to their season. But hopefully the Bills will be back. I can't see a reason why they won't be back next year. I don't think they're going to make many roster changes. If anything, they're going to get better than they are last year. So here's to next year for all the Bills fans. And Dak reverts to his mistake-prone self. He loses to the 49ers 19-12. Just a sloppy game on offense, realistically. The 49ers only had one touchdown. Dak Prescott had two interceptions. CeeDee Lamb did really good. He had 10 receptions for 117 yards. And George Kittle, at that point, did really good, too. Five receptions for 95 yards. But it was really the defense that was the story of these games. Forcing bad decisions from Dak Prescott. Making the drives really long, drawn out, and just kicking field goals. We saw Robbie Gold had to kick four. And then 
the 49ers scored a touchdown with Christian McCaffrey. He had a two-yard touchdown rush. It was just very defensive game, which I love a good defensive game. They're so exciting to watch. Micah Parsons was an animal. I don't know if anybody else saw the clip of him literally tossing an offensive lineman to the ground to try and get to Dak Prescott. He is amazing. Number one or number two for defensive player of the year this year. Obviously, on the other side of the field, Nick Bosa is in that discussion as well. Both guys played out of their minds this game. But a good game, a really good matchup for the NFC Championship game, Eagles 49ers. I'm really excited to see how the Eagles offense can operate with that stout 49ers defense. We haven't seen a team that's been able to really do anything against them towards the later parts of the season and in the playoffs as well. They have been a brick wall for the 49ers so far. It's incredible what they've been able to accomplish. Fred Warner, Traverius Ward, Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, they are all incredible players with very bright futures ahead. Hopefully they stay in the Bay and they keep that insanely tight defense together. I think they have really good chemistry too, and that's what makes them so good. They all work together and operate like a well-oiled machine. It's amazing to watch. I'd love to see Brock Purdy get into the Super Bowl. As much as that would hurt my predictions for a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl, it would be so fun to see Mr. Irrelevant go from third-string quarterback to Super Bowl quarterback or even Super Bowl winning quarterback. Wouldn't that be a story for him? Man, even if he doesn't make the Super Bowl, even if he gets blown out in the NFC title game, What a first year it has been for that young man. Can't wait to see what the future holds for him. So that is all of our games that we have covered so far. Now we're going to head over and we're going to see what we learned from this divisional round. All right, so what did we learn? I think first and foremost, we got to discuss Dak Prescott. Now, he showed that he could be really solid and he could be a star quarterback. And we've seen that in years past. This year, he has been so underwhelming and so accident-prone. It's hard to say if he's a top quarterback and if his future with the Cowboys is questionable at this point as well. I mean, we saw when he was injured, Cooper Rush was pretty successful as a starting quarterback for the Cowboys. Now, he wasn't operating or performing quite at a Dak Prescott level, but he also wasn't committing as many turnovers as Dak Prescott was. So... The quarterback situation in Dallas is questionable at best. I'd love to see what happens. I don't know that they'll draft a quarterback early. I don't know if they'll draft a quarterback at all. That's something to definitely keep our eyes on as the NFL draft approaches. It's coming up in April. But it will be very entertaining to see what happens with the quarterback room in Dallas. And as I said earlier in this podcast, the Jaguars, they will be a top tier team next year and for many years to come especially with a very weak division. Pretty much the only challenger they have is Derrick Henry. Not even the Titans, just Derrick Henry. (laughs) I mean, the Titans don't really have much going on. They need to figure out their quarterback situation because apparently they don't have any trust in Malik Willis whatsoever. And rightfully so. We saw way back when he was supposed to be drafted, we were thinking, oh, he might be a top 10 pick. His combine was incredible. His pro day was incredible. He's showing that he's athletic. He's confident in his passing. But so many teams reported that he just wasn't pro ready yet. And we saw that and we 
found out why he dropped, and now we're starting to see with his production that all these teams are right. He's not pro-ready yet. He's he's not ready for that next step. So I'm kind of curious to see how the Titans approach that situation, especially with using a pretty early pick on him. I think he was taken in the the early third round or maybe late second. He's somewhere in that range. But the Jaguars, they are going to rule the AFC South for a considerable amount of years going forward. They're a very good team. They're young. They're only going to get better from here. They are going to rule the AFC South. And the Giants, they need to get Saquon more reps. Like I said, he averaged 6.8 yards per carry in the playoff game versus the Eagles this week. So why wasn't he getting more carries? Why did he only have nine carries for 60-odd yards? That's honestly disrespectful to him. He's proven that, especially with the tandem of Daniel Jones as a rushing threat, he can be very successful in the rushing game. He's also a very elusive back, so he's great as a receiving back as well. So why not utilize him more? Why are we sticking him to under 10 reps? Maybe that's just Brian DeBole kind of getting into the feel of being a first-time head coach. Maybe he'll get more reps as he progresses as a head coach and as Saquon gets more comfortable with this new offense. But I need to see more from Saquon, and I need to see more from the Giants play calling to get him more involved. I think that's important to the Giants success next year. And with that playoff game, the Eagles, they are the most complete team in the NFL. You saw the lockdown defense. They just made the Giants a non-threat the entire game. The offense honestly didn't even have to do anything. They could have kicked field goals four different times and still won the game easily. The defense was just stifling. And the offense with Jalen Hurts, three total touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell had over 100 yards. They've got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, two really solid wide receivers. This is the most complete team in the NFL, most complete team in the NFC easily. I think the 49ers are going to have a really hard time stopping this insane offense. It's going to be a really good game, though. I'm really excited for this one. And the 49ers, they have the best defense in the NFL. No doubt in my mind. They are good. I talked about Fred Warner. I talked about Nick Bosa. I talked about Traverius Ward. I talked about Droy Greenlaw. There's not a defensive squad that's better than this 49ers defense. Now, we saw in the divisional round, uh, Dallas has a really good defense, too. They've got Lockdown Cronin, Trayvon Diggs. they got Micah Parsons coming off the edge. They are a solid defense. And Leighton Vander Esch. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of respect these days. I don't really hear his name at all anymore. But he is a really good linebacker. He is, the again, the heartbeat of that team. In Buffalo, we saw the offensive collapse throughout the entire game on Sunday. They need a running game. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, it's not working anymore. They need to draft a running back, and they need to draft one early. Because I'm thinking we've got Bijan Robinson. He's most likely going to be a first rounder. And then who's the next running back in the big board? Zach Charbonnet. I mean, he's good, but is he top 50 pick good? Is he first round pick good? If Bijan Robinson falls to the Buffalo Bills first round pick, they need to take him. 
I see them drafting one of two players. They either take Bijan Robinson or they take Joey Porter Jr. And at least I hope that they don't take anybody else because I think those are the best players for the Buffalo Bills to draft in their current situation. They need help in the secondary. Obviously, they got torn up by the Cincinnati by the Cincinnati receivers. The rushing game, that was the rushing game. I mean, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon had over 20 attempts and 100 yards. Can't really stop him when they're feeding the ball that much. But they need help in the back of that defense. But more importantly, they need a running game to make this offense complete. We saw earlier in the season, if the Bills are potent enough on offense, they don't even need defense because their offense is so good. They just run up the score, and it doesn't even matter at that point. So I need to see Buffalo draft a running back, draft a running back early. Bijan Robinson, I think, is the best fit for that Buffalo Bills. But I don't know if they'll fall if he will fall to the Buffalo Bills spot because they're pretty low in the draft. Hopefully he will, though. I'd love to see Bijan Robinson in Buffalo blue and red. And our final key point of what we learned in the divisional round, the Bengals have the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio. I know, I know, I'm going to get told, what about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco? Isaiah Pacheco is a rookie. He's still off and on at some points. He's really solid, but I wouldn't call him a top running back. I can call Joe Mixon a top running back confidently. Now, I know it's been a very long time since he found the Ed zone. I think since that week nine game when he had five total touchdowns, that was the last time he found the end zone. But he's still a good running back. He's still very elusive. He can still make big plays. He still pounds the ball hard. We saw 20 carries for 105 yards. He's still averaging over five yards a carry. And he had a touchdown as well. He's a good running back. Jamar Chase, top three wide receiver. Easily. Right up there with his LSU boy, Justin Jefferson. Joe Burrow, top three quarterback. Honestly, even top two. Patrick Mahomes, who's number two? Is it Joe Burrow? Is it Josh Allen? I think it's interchangeable. I could have both of them there. This team is incredible on offense. It's incredible on defense. But the offensive talent outweighs the defensive talent. And I think the Bengals have the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver, gibberin in the NFL. And hopefully they will show that success in Kansas City and they will take it all the way to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, as I predicted. Nothing would make me happier than to have my Super Bowl prediction right. I'd love to see Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait for my Super Bowl episodes coming up too. Hopefully, I will have a special guest by the time of the Super Bowl. So stay tuned for that. But that is the end of the ball pit. I hope you guys had a great Monday and a great time listening to me break down the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I will be back with another episode this Friday. Hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you then.